Rab Dalit. The Rebbe, just as he is so poetic and so encouraging, and, and so, everything that he writes is so is so profound and beautiful and true. Uh, so last week he was uh, operating on us a little bit, and he's just like he's true in that way. He's also true in a way that sometimes is painful for us to hear. And um, and he doesn't mince words. So we were learning about on uh, by at the beginning of Eisdalid about how about how uh, different is a person. He says the person who his entire life, his entire life, he's trying to he's trying to overcome his Yetzirah, and he's trying to he's trying to live the right kind of a life. The Rebbe said, in truth, how is he different? How different is he? How different is he from the person who is being held by force and chains and struggling to free himself, uh, but the police are holding him back? Because you have a human being, you have a Jew, that he said, imagine if we were able to do, if we were able to carry out in our lives all that we ever thought of, all that we ever fantasized, all that we ever dreamt of, if we were able to carry these things out, he says, could you imagine how disgusting and how and how horrible our lives would would, ha- would be? So the only chiluk is that that we know that we can't do certain things and we hold ourselves back, and that's poch Hashem, that's wonderful. But it doesn't mean that we've actually changed ourselves. It doesn't mean that we've actually cured the problem. We still have the problem. It's just that it's being held back by the police, by the police that are that that are. In our our internal police that that are afraid and that know that if we were to carry out all that we fantasize or thought of, so that uh, God forbid our lives would be destroyed, our lives would be ruined. So at the end, you know, uh, I was two people came over and said, uh, and they were somewhat upset and they said, "What's the Rebbe saying that uh, we shouldn't have any Yitzhara? There's no Yitzhara. How can it be? There's no Yitzhara." So in in uh, I said that just you know to wait a little bit we're in the middle the Rebbe, the Rebbe there was no one who had a greater understanding and appreciation for the psychology and for the dynamics that are at work inside of a person he himself says uh, he himself says uh, I don't want you to be so foolish to think that I'm saying that that uh, there's that, that there's no Yetzirah that we should destroy the Yetzirah so that they can't, you know, that we can live in such a way that there's no Yetzirah, and that's going to be, uh, <clears throat> we're going to get to that Mitzvah in a little while. But the Rebbe, of course, understands that there's a Yetzirah. He understands that that uh, there, that uh, that we can't rid ourselves of this, uh, and, and that only very few individuals, like Yitzchak, you know, David Amalek, were successful. So uh, it's like, it's, whenever you learn, you can't, you know, so, so somebody says, what is he saying? Somebody was very upset that uh, get rid of the Yetzirah can't be, there's no such thing. So you have to, we didn't finish the piece. You have to learn what the Rebbe is saying. We have to we have to understand what he's saying. So uh, so the, the second paragraph of Eisdal, which begins with the words "Vim Higbates Atzmacha," it's the bottom of it's the bottom of the page, and in the new edition on page Shin Chav Gimel, "Vim Higbates Atzmacha," "Vim Higbates Atzmacha." If you're a person, if you're a person that you've been able to lift yourself up. And you're the kind of a person that you're in control. Your heart and your mind are not hefker. Not hefker. It's not, uh, you don't, you don't allow any thought into your head that stamp pops up 
and you don't allow, even though sometimes that'll happen, but you try to you try to remove it, and you don't allow any emotion or feeling to overtake your heart. You try to you're a person that's in control. You don't allow these thoughts or these feelings to take hold of your of your soul to have a dwelling place in your soul. I say some atzal Shetira behem dimyane shav v'satzmiach behem machshavas v'tayves riilim umemisim, and you're careful. You you know, you know that that you have these dimyane shav. You have these ridiculous fantasies, and that from these fantasies there could grow terrible thoughts and desires that are poisonous and destructive. You know that, and you're careful. You're the kind of a person that's careful. You don't allow yourself to be poisoned. To be killed by these thoughts, and therefore, when this disgusting thought or type of desire infiltrates into your mind, into your heart, like you say by the by by right? You you per, you pursue, you you persecute. You're a person that's in control. You drive out. This desire, this negative desire, you drive out this inappropriate thought from your heart and from your mind. So the Rebbe says, he says, that's good. You are fortunate for Tovlach and it's good. However, the Rebbe says, even though that's good, you still have not yet fulfilled your obligation to your own soul. Rakis at Tzavah Hazirus Hazeshmana. Here's the title Tzavah Hazirus. He says, but listen to me and listen to my words of exhortation, of advice. Listen. Terape is Napshacha. That's what this is about. He says, I want to teach you, we're going to learn how to heal your soul. Terape is Napshacha. Don't spend your entire life just trying to hold it back from destroying you like that, like that filthy, that filthy prisoner that's held back by the chains of uh, of the police. So he's he's being held back so that he can't so that he can't go loose and destroy the world. The Rebbe says there's a way that one can heal the soul. That you shouldn't have to live this way. That every single moment. Every single moment, the, 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 the lion, you know, the tiger is, is in danger of, of getting out of the cage. And, and, and God forbid to destroy your life. So the Rebbe explains. So again, don't jump to the conclusion that he, that he doesn't understand that, what, what it means to struggle. He understands what that's about. But he's talking about how we can change our lives from day to day. Yesh machlas petsa bekeva. He says, sometimes a person has some injury, some internal, some intestinal um, injury. With this person who is sick, vomits up everything that he eats. He can't keep it inside. He throws up everything. If he goes to an amateur doctor, then the amateur doctor, the inexperienced doctor, will be satisfied if he's able to provide some medical relief to stop, to be able to stop the vomiting. 
But this amateur doctor never ever heals, never actually cures this problem that the fellow has. He's just able to give him something to temporarily remove the symptom. But he never really gets to the bottom of it. He never cures it. And it's waiting there like that, like that uh, tiger in a cage. So what are the results? The sickness is simmering deep inside of him. It's simmering. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a coal that's, that's uh, at any moment at any moment, the flame could jump out. He says, The, the, the vomit, hadam, the blood, and the leiche, and all of the uh, moisture, and the, 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 uh, the pus, the infection, is Yisrabu. It's gathering in the meantime. And you're happy because you think, wow, this guy's a great doctor. I'm feeling great. I haven't, I haven't thrown up in a couple of days. I'm doing great. But when in truth, all of that time... Everything is gathering force for the most horrible explosion. And when the time comes, then it's gonna it's gonna come like a like a current. It's all going to pour outside. And at that point, it'll be very hard to find any cure. It might be too late. But if he comes to an expert doctor. He thinks deeply, and he will be able to understand. And he'll use he'll use his understanding to to what to penetrate el to get to the to get to the to the stomach to get inside. And with God's help, talat trufalso he'll be the doctor will the doctor will be able to come up with a with a uh, medicine with a prescription. And talat trufalso larapas gamas petsa kevalso primo will be able to. Will be able to cure the the, the the problem that's that's deep inside. He'll be able to mamish find the cure. So too the Rebbe says. There are people who's who has who have thoughts and uh, desires and midas muzahamas and uh, midas midas that they've never ever that they've never ever really cured. Whether it's it's, it's anger, laziness impatience but they have they have these midas that are crouching inside waiting at every moment to attack in their in their sleep in their dreams and when and, and when they're awake bakits when they're awake and in their dreams and there are some machshavas that never found a nest in their hearts that means that they, that when they're awake and these thoughts come into them, these are very very fine people, and they and they and they, and they drive them away. They try to get rid of them. Or this midu, when he feels that that anger, he feels whatever he, he he works to get rid of it. But then he says, but laes mitzo, yimalus libamamaycham. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, here he thought, you know, I'm the I'm the most wonderful bamidus. Everybody at work respects, admires, and loves me. And then, and then, in the craziest way, there's this, there's this outburst at home. Usually, it's with the people you 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 you're closest with and you love the most because you're least concerned of, of losing your reputation. And then there's this outburst, and you can't believe it. You think, you know, it's hard for me to understand. I've been learning, I've been learning for the last couple of years. 
and why did this why did such a thing come out and how could such a thing have happened or I'm I, I'm a person that uh, you know I've controlled my anger and so on but that's the bottom line the Rebbe says and he says he says uh, that you're able to control it and you go from day to day but the, the, the point is that you're you're controlling it so you have it you have it in chains and you have it imprisoned but but he's still screaming and kicking inside of you and not only that it could be gathering force. It could be gathering force. And the, and the fact that it's been silenced for so long does not, not only doesn't it mean that you've gotten rid of it, but it could be that this that this uh, that this illness has been in a, in a very hidden way has been intensifying. And just when it comes to the when it comes to the right uh, when it comes to the right time, so you let loose. There was, a friend, there was a friend of mine, we were in high school together, and he was an extremely, you know, he was an extremely annoying guy. He was always poking fun at this and making fun of that. So uh, I decided that I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to say anything uh, in response when he made these cracks. So one time he says to me, hey, Maish, you know, it doesn't bother you? You know, uh, you know, because he's trying to get to me. So he says, Maish, doesn't bother me. So I said, no, I didn't say it doesn't bother me. He's just... We're going to be in Eretz next year, and we'll be on some teal in the Golan, and I'm going to push you off the mountain. <laughs> was, I'm, I'm just saving up. You, you, you're satisfied with all these little installments. I'm going to give you just one big one, that's all. It, I'm, it bothers me, don't worry. Right. So, huh? Did he stop? <laughs> nah. He still has it. What? He's all right, he's alive. I didn't, I didn't. He's okay, he's okay. Yeah. So he says that it, it's, 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 it's gathering inside of him like the sick person. He thought he's fine now, and it's like uh, you know, in remission, so it seems. But then, God forbid, in a very mysterious way, something is something horrible is something horrible is growing. The Rebbe says, I've had many situations where old, where old men come to speak to me and they pour their hearts out. They're ready so old that there are certain Aveyors that they can't even do anymore. They're old, they can't even, because they're weak, they can't even do these Aveyors. But these Yetzirahs are making them crazy and they can't even do anything about it. Old men. If I would write down some of the things that I've heard that people have come to me with, the hair would stand up. I don't want to make my little contrast, this little thing that I'm writing, disgusting. <laughs> I don't want it to be disgusting. You know, I'm trying to keep it for general audiences. I just want to tell you one thing, one example that, of something that happened. So he says like this. He says, Kafri Bailai. A, little, a villager, uh, you know, a Jew from the village, came to me, crying and screaming. He was sick. He had a uh, he had a, a heart problem. Now the Rebbe, uh, as some of you might know, was a, was an unbelievable doctor. He wasn't licensed as a doctor, although he did have rishus from the government to write prescriptions. He had official issues, permission from from the government from Poland from Poland to write prescriptions, and and Jews and Lahavdil non-Jews came to him by the thousands 
for medical treatment. He was an expert doctor, even though he never went to secular school in his life. So this person came to him and a yid with a problem. But that's not why he was crying. He told me about his, his medical problem, but that's not why he was crying. He says, He says that, you know, he's, he's frightened about this. He said that he's frightened about this, this uh, heart problem. And whenever he feels that something is not right inside of him, he says, He has this crazy idea. Listen to this. And this guy is like a chesidish He has this thought. That he should, that he should uh, cross himself. Make a Hail Mary. No? It's a crazy thing. He says, this seed came to me, and he, and he has, and he's scared. He has this thing that maybe he should make the sign of a, he should make the sign of the cross. <coughs> it's a crazy type. and he'll and that he'll feel better. The And this this horrible thought has become so strong inside of him. That he has to struggle to hold his hand back from doing it. So we're all thinking, Baruch Hashem, there's one type of... <laughs> I was thinking, I, like we're all thinking, listen, look at this, what kind of guy is crazy, look at this guy. Can't believe it. What a weak, this is terrible, right? So he says he's holding himself back. So first time we ever saw the Sefer, Yetzirah, that we didn't have. <laughs> so he says, Shakalti, so the Rebbe says, so Rebbe says, Shakalti v'chakarati b'skenim umlolim eila. He says, I've thought about this a great deal, these these Nabuch, these these old he says these old men Husam to try to understand the essence of what is this problem? and I have found that many of them Gambinurayam first I thought that maybe these were guys as they're old men and maybe they were when they were young men, they had they were involved in who knows what, crazy things. Why would a person have such such a, a Yetzar? So I, I, I would ask, and I would look into it, what, 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 and I and speak to other people, and I discovered that no, these were Jews that that were elachid and they were God fearing Jews that were, that were people that were not chasing after tivers, after desires, or machshavas rose. They, they weren't, you know, uh, they weren't reading the New Testament uh, when they were children. They were hard on themselves, but he says that they weren't, they weren't people that were doing bad things, that were involved in the wrong things. And even now, as old people, they have nothing. This guy has nothing to do with Christianity. He has nothing to do with these taivas. He has nothing to do with any of these things. So then, what's going on? So why why are they suffering from this? And he says, "There's one example, and there are other people that have different that have different taivas as old as older people that that when they were young, they, they were never the kind of people that were that were doing things that were not right or that were." that were allowing these kinds of thoughts or feelings to, to, to take hold of them. And yet they come, you know, we talk to them and they're having problems. So he says, and The reason is like this. This is, he says, what I've, what I've, what I've, the conclusion I've come to is that with all of their avoida, all of their efforts, that they, in all of their lives, these are religious people. To what? To purify their minds and their hearts. 
Rakel Hamoyach Vahalaivishgihu. All they ever paid attention to, all they were ever concerned about was the mind and the heart. Now that sounds great, no? What else is there to worry about? That's all they were concerned about. How to keep these thoughts and feelings from affecting my thoughts or my emotions. Not to allow these desires of thoughts to stretch out the, 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 the um, literally means like the pig that, that holds out, like from last week's Pasha, it holds out his split hoofs, right? They were always careful not to allow these, these desires or these thoughts to, to spread out and to, and to take over the heart and the, the, the mind and the heart. However, they never actually, they never actually um, sought to uproot, to uproot, to get to the bottom, to heal the soul, to get to the problem, to get to the bottom of, of what's wrong. They never actually did that. They, all their lives, they were always treating these symptoms. They were always concerned about the symptoms. But no one ever taught them, they never ever addressed the deeper question of why, why do you have these thoughts and feelings? And can you get to the bottom of, this, of the problem? How do you get to the bottom of the problem? Kalmer, they were good, they were good. They held, them, they held it back. That, 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 that the tiger in the cage was held back all of their lives. So that it shouldn't be able to vomit out its filth on the mind and heart. But he says, V'chol haki, all of that vomit, tzoy and the filth, umaketri, and all of the uh, pus from the, this open wound, nidchaku v'nisharu b'nefesh, k'mayishahayu, it all remains locked up inside, seething and simmering and developing and waiting. V'hayashomashom la'es mitzoy, and it was waiting for the right time. Eis nechlash k'ayach memshaltam al'atzmam, at a time when a person is weak, you know, you, 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 the kind of, the kind of, of difficulties that Law Lainu, you've, you know, to, to read and to hear about what people sometimes go through, let's say, during, during the time of war, during the time of war, where you might have, we just have a mice now in the news, what's going, there was, where there's an otherwise decent, civilized, good person, but, one can go like that his entire life, but when he finds himself in a, in, in a predicament, in a situation where where he's emotionally weak, when his defenses are down, when the when that door of the prison is unlocked, because a war sets off all kinds of crazy fears and 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 insecurities and things that were being held that were being held back for many many years. I remember Lahavdal uh, in high school reading All Quiet on the Western Front. It shook me up. I don't know if you remember. It mama shook me up. That, that you'll have people that are otherwise, at, at, at the time of peace, at a time of peace, are very decent people who'd never ever do anything that that, would, that could be in the slightest way giving giving vent to, to to the darker side of the personality. But that at a time of milchama, there are people that you know, kinds of crazy things, crazy things that are going on. I'm not talking about just I'm not talking about just fighting against the enemy, obviously, but crazy things. Or at a time when a person, God forbid, is depressed. Depression, but it says in all the chassidish farm that depression is mamish, is is that is that door that leads to the worst of various in a person's life. <clears throat> and if you see, 
if we go over our lives, we'll find that Davke, Davke, when we were the, when we were the most down and most depressed, and the defenses at that point were very weak, that we were the most vulnerable to things that that, that were that are not consistent with the kind of people that we are. Depressed people are in the greatest danger in every in every respect. But when it comes to that integrity of of holding back that uh, that prisoner, that filth. So when the defenses are down, we're in an older person where there's a certain there's a certain weakness and the kaiches have gotten a little bit weaker or a lot weaker. So the Rebbe says, then suddenly they're old. They don't have the strength to fight anymore. Right, they're not going to carry out, you know, they're, they're too weak to carry out some of these thoughts also. But they don't have the strength to fight against, so the thoughts are allowed in. The floodgates are opened. They don't have the kachas anymore. They don't have the determination. They don't have the strength. And they say, you know, I can't do it anymore. It's, it's, already, it's too hard for me. I'm, I'm old. I'm weak. You know, or, or I'm going through a difficult time. I'm going through a difficult time. That means that your whole life, you were not really curing anything. You were a pretender. Not that you're a fake. The Rebbe's not, you're not a hypocrite. He's not talking about hypocrisy or a liar. But you were pretending to be someone that you're not. And you thought that it was, you thought that everything was fine. But then at a, at a difficult time, at a moment of weakness, or an old age, when you don't have any more of the koiches and nefesh, and you just sort of more b'shev altas, say, what are you going to do? You laid back. And all of a sudden, you have an old man that is it's crazy. It's crazy because you're weak now. You can't. You don't have the kaiches to, to do it. You remember I told you. Remember I, I once told you so that that uh, that once Ben Gurion, that Ben Gurion was walking with Eliezer Ben Yehuda. You remember Ben Yehuda, the one that uh, put together the, uh, the, the the dictionary. If you think that Ben Gurion was against Yiddishkeit, then you, you never met Ben Yehuda. Ben Yehuda was fabrent against anything that was Jewish except Hebrew. But as far as Torah Mitzvahs are concerned, he conducted a lifetime war against Torah Mitzvahs. He came from a very close of a family, like many of those in that generation. So what he despised more than anything, and he saw as the greatest enemy of, of the Jewish people, was Yiddish. He hated Yiddish, and he, and he fought against Yiddish his entire life, because you have to realize that his thing was the cultural thing of in Hebrew and modern Hebrew, and Yiddish to him meant meant returning to the old ways and all the the shtetl. He wanted out. So one day he's walking with he's walking with Ben Gurion and uh, they were good friends and it was a terrible, terrible uh Khamsin. it was a terrible, you know, heat that came in from the desert with the whole thing that happens there at a Khamsin. Anyway they they're walking and Ben Gurion's talking to Ben Yehud in Yiddish. Ben Gurion ta- starts talking to Ben Yehud in Yiddish. And, and, and Ben Yehuda can't believe it. Ben Yehuda says, Kvod Rosh HaMemshalah, Honorable Prime Minister, Eicha Tamadaber Belashon, you know, how can you speak in that? Belashon you know, this whole disgusting Lashon, you know, Yiddish, their language. So Ben Gurion says, He says, do, do me a favor. He says, it's too, hey, it's too hot to talk Hebrew. Just let me talk Yiddish today. He says, do me, I can't, I can't. He says, you know, I'm too hot. You understand? He's like, he says, his mama, he listen, my, my mama listens to Yiddish, you know. That's what my mom, that's what we spoke in the house. That's how I grew up. So I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do okay. I'm, to, I'm, I'm playing the game, but I'm too hot to play the game. I just can't. It's just too mad. Can we just forget this thing just for a couple of minutes? You know, don't tell anybody. Let's just talk Yiddish, all right? 
It's a Meissen of Ben-Gurion. It's a Gewaltige Meissen, no? About, about what a human being is. In other words, listen, you go like this. You can go like your whole life. It looks like this. But them is, in truth, it's... it's, it's uh, the, you know, the Yiddish is still there. And uh, there are certain things that are still there. And that's all right. That's in a nice way, in a cute way. But what the Rebbe's talking about is you go your whole life. And you haven't... And, and you've been taking... And when you had the strength... So you, these symptoms didn't didn't have a chance to surface. You were good, you were good, but now now when you're weak and something is uh, you know some there's a problem and so on. Or let's say God forbid, Khalil, I'll get one second Harry Khalili, you'll have a situation. And I've had I've had discussions with people who have been in this predicament <clears throat> that a person is good. He says he's in control of his Yet Sahara, fine, and he's an Elochiyid, fine. But then there's some problems. God forbid in the marriage. So gaitness is I get. The problem, the marriage is not going so well, and um, and there's been some difficulty and some distance between him and his wife. So all of a sudden, he realizes that he has this taiva, that taiva, this yetsar, that yetsar, and all the time he thought that he's such a wonderful, upstanding, <clears throat> terrific, moral, ethical, beautiful guy. But he realizes that when he's that when the now he realizes all of a sudden. That I'm being I'm being attacked by these thoughts that he thinks that they're coming from someplace else. They're not coming from someplace else. But like like I told you how the Kutzka said to that you that comes to me says because in the Lashon of Chesidus and, and the Swarm when you have inappropriate thoughts they're called Machshavazaris right alien thoughts. So he says he went to the Kutzka he says Rabbi I'm having Machshavazaris. So the Kutzka said they're not alien thoughts they're yours. <laughs> alien thoughts is they're not they're not they're you they're yours. Machshav Azaris, they're yours. They're not from someplace else. So you think that it's coming from someplace else. I saw this, I don't know what happened to me. It's not true. It's exactly what the Rebbe is saying. There are things inside of you that you never cured. So when things are going well with your wife and everything is fine, no, Mela. But now, <clears throat> where it's not going so well, so all of a sudden, all of a sudden, that, it's just been waiting, it's been waiting, it's been crouching like that, like that tiger to attack. Yeah, all these people who, to the best of their knowledge, and if they haven't learned this safe or this kind of moshava, they're they're doing the very best they can, right? And it's not like they're pretenders. They're, they're, they're I said they're not, there's nothing hypocritical. Right. No. It's, it, it, and 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 and, there, and a Jew gets rewarded for every single effort that he makes to hold back the eight sorrow. But what the Rebbe says, and the Barishlam's going to kiss you that you were you were a fighter. The Barishlam's going to kiss a Jew like that. But what the Rebbe saying is like this. But I want to help you because you can't understand what's going on. So. In other words, he's not talking about whether you're a good guy or you're worthy. The Rebbe's, not, the Rebbe's saying, you're a Gavaldiga guy, and you can get a tremendous reward. However, you're in danger. You do, you do, you're in danger, and therefore you're, you're shocked at yourself. And, all right, he's talking about, about these, the, 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 a person that he's giving examples of, he gave one example of a person who came to him who, who is holding himself back, but he doesn't actually carry it out. But what, what about the, the, the person who's not in that Madrega? Who's not in the Madrega? More people like ourselves are not in the Madrega of, of these of this type of a, of a villager to hold back a taiva. So what about the person who never gets to the bottom, never get, never actually cures the problem, and then uh, when he's weak or something's wrong in his life, or he's depressed, or he's or something's wrong in his in the marriage, or something goes wrong at work, there's no shortage of, of problems. Then then if he doesn't understand that he hasn't cured this. And he doesn't really deal with the illness. 
then his whole life could be ruined by that type, by those types when the floodgates are open. So the Rebbe says, we, it's not a question of criticizing. He's not saying one word here to criticize anybody. He says, Ashrach of Atovlach, but I'm trying to save your life. I'm trying to save your life. Right? He's trying to show us, he's trying to help us out about how to get to the bottom of things. <coughs> so he says, right, so he says, so, so we're still trying to understand why would this old Chassid have any problems with Christianity? That he has this he has, he, he has this crazy thing that he wants to make a cross, the sign of a cross. So he says, You're an old man, you're too weak. Therefore he missed When the time comes, it's able to spread out and to, and to, and to attack his mind and his heart. So now he writes like this. This, this simple villager, this Jew that came to him, he says, for example, the one that with this craziness with, the, with making a cross. Kevan shemina aruso shoma mehaakum as myfseim hashkarim. Now you see, people like us, we can't imagine what it was like to grow up in a village with the peasants in Poland. I can't even imagine what that was like. We're not talking about people who were just who were superstitious. We're talking about people who were barbaric literally barbaric uh, I remember one of and one of uh, one of uh, Yafa Aliyah's stories in the Hasidic Tales of the Holocaust there was a I believe it was in her book maybe I read it in another book there was a there was a a, a, um, a Jew who was there was some sort of a, a roundup of Jews and they were and they were shot and they were thrown into some mass grave and this fellow, they had been, they had been, they had been stripped of their clothing. They were shot, and they were left there for dead. And there was a yid inside of this. Uh, they didn't, they barely, they barely even threw any dirt on it. And this, this fellow, was shot in a way that was not, that uh, that didn't kill him. And he was bleeding. He was, he was injured, but he was, he survived. So he describes how he had to climb out of that horrible grave. And what's he going to do? He's, he's. What's he, where's he going to go? So he said that... You know, it was, in, this, it was in, a, in a village in Poland. He had this idea. Uh, and he had, you have to understand, you know, he was a long beard and payas. And, so he says that he, he, knocked on the, he knocked on the door of the first... of the first, uh, the first Polish house. And, and he comes there bleeding in this... And, and he says that... He starts saying in, in Polish how he is... that he is Jesus who's come up from the grave. He starts giving this whole story that he's using. They fall on their faces, and they're making the cross, and they bring him in, they give him food, they give him clothing, they put him by a fire, and he gives them a blessing. He says, Michigan, and he runs out, but, and he, you know, he escapes. Somebody said, I read them. You're talking about people who were so unbelievably steeped in superstition, who were so backwards. So he says, he, and this Jew grew up with the villagers, he grew up with the peasants, Right? Shemina from the time he was a child, Shoma Mehaakum is hearing the Goyim. What? As my Sayyim Hashkarim, all of their all of their stories, their lies, miracle stories. Avsha'in Yatsaharish Lavadazara Nimsa, even though we no longer have a Yatsara, it was already destroyed the Yatsahara for Vadazara for idolatry. 
Since he's a very simple Jew, this fellow. So And I guess he, in therapy with the Rebbe, the Rebbe came to this understanding. That what? That in a very, in a very, uh, in a very subtle way. For for sixty seventy years, hearing to their hearing their meisalach and living among these peasants, somehow they became they were just they were just absorbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, he, he he drove them out of his mind and heart. He didn't, but he's not going to start thinking about these things. But but these superstitions are sitting and waiting for the right opportunity. When he's an old man, and now now they're mocking him and playing with him in his mind and his heart, and he doesn't have the strength to, to, to deal with it anymore. So it's difficult for us to even understand what that means. To imagine what that means, we don't even understand what that is. And the culture came, the zakenim hanal, the taivus He doesn't want to discuss those taivus. He gave a, he gave an example that uh, he said that wouldn't make the safer dirty. But he says, but he talks to other people, the usual type of a Yetzirah, Hayyadua. He says, is it these types, Shayyetzirah, Shalit, Rahman, Litzlan? The Zakin Kazet, Daima, Be'ene, Asmus, Esaraf is called Tarakulachasram. Now, this old man, this fellow that came to him, this crazy Yetzirah to make a cross, <coughs> he looks at himself as someone, who, he looks at himself as the biggest rush in the world, that, that he's like someone who's burned the entire Torah, right? He looks at himself as being. As being uh, the, the 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 lowest Jew on earth, as someone who never did a mitzvah his entire life, and he looks at himself like, and here's a person, 70, 80 years, like Tfilin, and he says Tillin. We're not talking about somebody that's not 100% shemitah mitzvahs. It's all life. He's doing everything. So now the, the, the old man is, is pounding on his heart. He's tearing his hair out. He comes to me crying. That his whole life was nothing. All my davening, all my all my tillim, right? All, all my tzitzis and tvilim, all my sukkahs and pesach and hashanah rabbis, it's all nothing. All of my, all of my life. Even though I knew I knew that that my days were getting I was getting closer to my death you know my life was getting shorter I'm getting closer to the day of my death how did I comfort myself all of I was becoming an old man and I knew that soon what I thought my day is going to come and I have to face the creator right so I listen I saw well, how did I console myself that I'm almost I knowing that my days are numbered that I'm going to die I had one comforting thought even though I knew that I know, I know that I'm an old man, I'm going to die, but at least I, I, I comforted myself with what thought. Shekol shez dakin, at least as I grow older. Yachadim koichi, gam tavosi, so that finally, finally, just as my physical strength is weakening, my Yetzirah is finally going to get weaker, and I'll be able to leave as a, you know, as an elichayid. In other words, I'll leave the world, I'll die as a, as, as a God-fearing Jew without any of those desires or thoughts. That's my one comfort. Yeah. And I'll purify myself as I get older and get closer to Hashem. And even though maybe I wasn't so successful when I was a young man, but I'll be able to, I'll be able finally as an old man to, 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 
to leave the world in a good way. But now look what's become of me. Look at me. He says to the Rebbe. My, my, entire, my mind and my heart have become like a, a svach, a thicket, a place where all the animals, all the beasts <coughs> are, 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 um, are found. A, a cave where all, the, where, all the most, where all the most violent and vile creatures, monsters, are, 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 um, are sitting. He says that I'm, I tremble. This old, the old man says, I'm, I, I, I begin to tremble. And I'm cramping up inside. When I, when I think of these disgusting, horrible monsters that are, that, are, that are sitting and that are playing around inside my mind and my heart. Who could guarantee me? The, the old man says to the rabbi, Who will guarantee me that, that these disgusting monsters... These animals, this filth is not going to take me down to the grave. In other words, this is how I'm going to die. I'm not going to die like a tzaddik. I'm not going to die like an elachid. I'm going to die with all this. I'm going to die going down to the grave with all this, this filth that's now inside of my head. I, I think of these crazy things and these. I have these crazy typhus. And God forbid, my soul is going to is going to befriend in the last moment. My soul is going to befriend. These, these horrible uh, demons inside of me. The Rebbe says, in one of, one, an old man who came to speak to me, he was so, he was so bitter. He was so, he was so, he was so completely overwhelmed by this whole business. He loathed living. He didn't want to go on living anymore. He was disgusted. He couldn't go on living. And, 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 he, and he said something from that, in that feeling of bitterness. He said, I don't want to live a disgusting life like this. I don't want to live like this. Is this what I meant my entire life? I was hoping that at least I'll get old, I'll be close to Hashem. Is this the way that I want to face the Hashem? As now I'm going to die in a little while. This is how I want to face Hashem, coming with all this stuff. With what face? How will I be able to face and stand before my King and my Holy One, which means Hashem? How, with what face? How will I look? How will I, how will I look? How could I possibly stand with all this and face Malki Ukdashi, my King and my Holy One, Hashem? Yeah. And he came to the Tzadik to talk about it. I think he'd be embarrassed, no? Came to the Rebbe to talk about it. It's a big madrega, and the Rebbe certainly had. The Rebbe certainly gave him a big hug. That was mechazikim. The Rebbe said, "Of course, this is not something which is by every Jew and by every old person." He says like this. In other words, he says, "You're reading this and you're thinking that's a pretty weird story." Another thing that we just did, and uh, I, you know. I know a lot of old people that I've spoken to, and I, I, I don't think that this is something that they've ever had to deal with, and I don't anticipate having these problems myself, even though usually we have them before we get old. But I don't, I don't see this. So it's, a, it's, in other words, it's some sort of a rare illness. So he says, you know, he says it's, 
it's the tev of a person, it's the nature of a person to worry about uh, to worry about a certain machlan, to be a sickness, and to be careful about the sickness. When he sees that there are people that, uh, when he sees that there are people who who are uh, from his background, his age, and have a similar illness, even though they might tell you it's one in a million, but if you hear that there's certain that there's a machlan, it's a dangerous sickness, and you know that it exists, so then you know you be careful. It's like nowadays, you know, sometimes like I'll hear this thing on the radio. I never used to think about it. They'll say, are you, are you over 40? So I say, yes. <laughs> and I never used to say that. But the last couple of years, I say, yes. And they start to talk about, you know, so I just heard this commercial the other day. So they're trying to, they're trying to, to there's, some, there's some place to go to where they, where they check this, you know, they check your heart. and the, uh, There's some name for it, I don't remember what it is, but it's like a preventative thing to go see what's doing, on, doing in your heart and you should go and, and, and so on. So this is, are you over 40? Yes. Uh, well, uh, you, you haven't had any, you haven't had any heart problems. So I said, no, Baruch Hashem. Mm-hmm. Not that I know, I'm fine, Baruch Hashem. So he says, well, so the guy on the radio says, basically the picture that he was painting was, you, you, you're probably about to have a heart attack any moment. It might even, even, it could be while you're driving you're going to have a heart attack. You might not even hear the end of this commercial, you better get yourself over to this place, and this is the address, uh, this is the address, and they're going to check you out, and then you'll be fine. Right, just to see to it that, so, so then, you know, so I'm driving, so I say, God, come on, it's ridiculous. But then, you know, you start to think, you know, it, you know, really, you know, uh, maybe, who knows, yeah, because he heard last week that Nebuchadnezzar all of a sudden was, sudden was fine, Laura Lane, who, and he had a heart attack, so you think, you know, uh, maybe, you know. So this is a normal person. If you see that there's a machla, there's a sickness, and not to, not to be hypochondriac, but if it's something which is not uncommon, and there are people from your, your age and your background and have similar lifestyles and similar eating habits and so on. So he says, what he, he says, a person's nature is to think that uh, I have to watch out for that machle. I have to think about it, right? So he says, right now you might be thinking, oh, look, I don't have any of this. This is not something that I'm worried about. I'm not worried about this. Or it could be that you're an old guy. You're saying, oh, listen, I, I, I don't have this problem this, that this old guy described. I don't have these kind of thoughts or feelings. Doesn't, I'm not worried about it. So the Rebbe says that that's not, that's not, <clears throat> that's not a wise thing. To, that's not the, 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 the wise path to take. That's what he says here. Right? You think there are a few people out there? They make Havdolah on beer, right? Because there's an Indian right away to make a chilik to, to show that, it's, that, uh, that, that the Pesach has ended and now is gone. But isn't it, uh, am I alone in this thought that what's the matter with people that after, after eight days of fressing and complaining that they can't breathe, they're so stuffed the matzahs and the potatoes and who knows what they can't breathe that, that an hour or two after Yontif they're lined up our people they're lined up by the pizzas by here by there that I have to get I have to get it I can't live I can't live I went a week without pizza <clears throat> that they can't go and even you know something so if this was because of the, what the Goyen said that one should have chametz, so you, you go to you go to your garage and you, you, you and you take some chametz that you had in your garage and you makayim what the Goyen said you have a piece of chametz, but with a brand to go looking for a slice of and not that I, I want all the pizza shops to make money they're Jewish people they should make money but with a brand with a fire to go you have to have a pizza a fresser what's the matter what's the matter with you so you have people <clears throat> a tivus so you have a guy that's, that that what and you say to him, you say to this guy, you know, uh, 
you're getting to that age, don't you think you should be careful a little bit what you're eating and how you, you know, how you feel? You see the guy who walks up a staircase, he's breathing like, like, he, just, like he just ran the marathon. He went up a staircase. Yeah, gets, gets, it's an effort for him to get out of his car. He's heaving and breathing. He can't, he can't get out of his car. And you say to him, what's going on? You know, you better, maybe you should, uh, maybe you should do something about it. And he starts to tell you also, my look. The more you're talking about, uh, come on, you're one of these, one of these guys, you're worried and nervous and crazy, and I heard about this guy, this guy's three times as big as me, and this guy is like that. But then when he's alone and he's not playing the game, because he's embarrassed, and someone says, and he's thinking, Right? And he hears them say on the radio, are you overweight? And 40, uh, so over 40 and overweight. You have, it's been proven medically that you have this percentage, there's this and this chance of getting, of getting a heart attack. So unless, unless you're a person that's mamish, like, uh, like they say in Persian, a kalepuk, which means an airhead, unless you're, unless you're an idiot, you, you think about it. So the Rebbe says, listen, what are we talking about? <coughs> He says, "Kol ish muchrach laker as kol pegim of a kolais of mar b'shorashu menavsho loy menoicha v'loy menoicha v'libo bolvad." He says a person has to realize your job is to uproot and to get rid of any blemish, any de- defect, anything that might, any poison that might, any bitter poison that might be in the root of your soul. Not just to get rid of, not just because there's a little bit of a symptom that's playing around in your mind or your brain as you're growing up. You have to get to the bottom of it, and even then, it's a struggle. But he says, but at least to recognize the sickness, the ailment, and to get to the bottom of it. That's what it means. The whole Roshanim Kippur, the whole Roshanim Kippur, we say, Avina Malkeinu, Haxirene B'Tshuva Shleim Elfanecha. We don't say Haxirene B'Tshuva Elfanecha, bring me back to the Tshuva, we say Haxirene B'Tshuva Shleim Elfanecha, complete Tshuva. And one of the Bali Musa said that our problem is that we're satisfied during Hashem Kippur, we're satisfied to try to resolve, to get, to try to deal with, or to get rid of some of the issues, or some of the symptoms of the sickness. Al-Darach Moshe said, to what can this be compared? You have an old building, and let's say, and this Balmusa said, you're the landlord of this, all. you own this old building, and the tenants are constantly complaining. This one has a plumbing a leak, this one has that the ceiling is not good. This, the, the paint is peeling. This is, a, and this one has bigger problems, smaller problems. So what what do you do? He says he says the landlord runs around his entire life with a can of paint and plaster, and he gets you know uh, the equivalent that plumbers would use for some sort of like a band aid, and you get some sealant and you do a job like this, do a job like that. That's the way that I fix anything that's wrong in my house. You know I try to find something. That, that the cheapest thing I could do and the fastest and just put it over there and everything's going to be fine, right? So, so this Balmusa said that means that you have to come to terms with the, with the reality that it might be that it might be that when you're doing this patchwork in your life that it's just going to it's just going to explode someplace else because you know that's how these things work. That's how these things work. There's some water coming out over here <laughs> you put it over there and then the whole wall falls down over there. So this Tzaddik said that means you better come to terms with the fact that you might have to raise the building and get it down to the foundation and you have to, you have to start again. You have to start again. Your whole, life, your whole life you're working with this symptom or that symptom. Remember I told you once about this guy in Yeshiva that this guy in Yeshiva was he, when we were learning Machshava, I said there was a guy in Yeshiva and I had to sell 
that he was like Mr. Mr. Chavetz Chaim, Mr. Shmir Salashim. I never, you couldn't say anything. If you said, how are you doing? He said, well, you might be saying that he's not doing so well. You know, it was one of these like uh, guys with the Lashon Haru. You couldn't talk. You couldn't say a word. The guy's always with the Lashon Haru and he was walking around with the Shmir Salashim. You know, it was a from guy. And uh, and then we had after so fine and after after the Pesach's man and the guys mamish uh, every halach he's kind he gave he he learned with a group of guys from Mishalosh. after Pesach we sit down there we come back to Yeshiva we sit down at the table and he starts to say not that avak lashon a suspected lashon he says I crossed the lashon har about somebody he says yeah I saw so and so and the, all the guys at the table look at him like what and he he and he, he looked at us and he understood he says no he says uh. He says, the first man I was working on, on Lashon I'm working now on Kaz. I'm working on, I'm working on anger now. You know, I, so we were all laughing. He says, you know, he says, no, he says, well, I can't tell you. So you understand that sometimes the building has to, ju- you just have to do it over. But that's a very hard thing to admit to oneself. That the building's a mess, and and like it's not going to work anymore. Just it's not going to work anymore. Putting a little paint, a little plaster, trying to trying to do something with this uh, pipe to stuff it up, right? It's not going to work, and that's the hardest thing to come to terms with. Because any decent person can try to do a a quick mop up job. I mean, you're a decent person. You think this is wrong, and you try to fix it. If you know what the avayr is, you try to fix it. You try to fix it. So a guy thinks, you know, I have disgusting thoughts. So you know what? I shouldn't. I shouldn't look at uh, this thing anymore that I've been looking at. All right, so I'm not going to listen to this show or watch this show because that that's probably <coughs> good. That certainly is good, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to happen to you again. Those thoughts and feelings, and it could be in, in, in a much, it could be in a much in a, in, a, in, a, in a stronger way, because you didn't come to terms with the illness and you didn't admit to yourself. You didn't admit to yourself that maybe you need to start from Aleph. That you have to reevaluate and you have to begin. You have to start again. And that that means that you have to you have to know that the building can't be fixed. I mean you can do it like this and do it like that, but Lamais is not gonna work out. You have to you have to knock down the upper floors and, and work again from the foundation to build a healthy, strong new building. But that's the hardest thing to admit. And he says that's called Shuva Shlaima. That's what it means. Tshuva Shlema. Not partial Tshuva. Complete Tshuva. Means, means, means to that place of, of who you are, of the essence. <clears throat> hmm? How do you know how to build it? Well, we're going to talk about that. But how, how do you knock down the building? You know, first of all, I... The are still there. The, I mean, let's say you're in the process of wanting to do this. It's all there, all the stuff that's... It's okay, and it's ready in his personality. First of all, first of all, ain't shum There's no such thing that it's ever... For a Jew, it's never, ever too late to... to even even for this older person, it's never... There's no such thing that it's, that it's too late. We see that by Rebbe Loza ben Derdaya, in the Gemara Nevada Zara, that, that, that he was doing the heart most disgusting of his, his entire life, and then he got a good, good word of Musa from that woman, and uh, and he cried and he and and, and, he, and he, he left this world in such a way. Rabbi came down and said that uh, Rabbi Lozer ben Nadai is Muhrim Zuns is, is invited to the uh, to Elam Haba. You know how does one knock the building down? Sometimes, sometimes we're we're not the ones that knock the building down. You see, in the case of Rabbi Lozer ben Nadai. Uh, which I don't, I don't want to go into the whole Gemara now. It's on Tafiud Zayin over there. 
and other desire. Yerches. Sometimes somebody else knocks it down. Somebody else knocks it down, and sometimes when when a person doesn't avail that he never dreamt he was capable of, God forbid, that the building collapses. But we would like it not to have to be that way, that someone else has to humiliate us and knock down the building, or that, uh, God forbid, that we have to hit such a low point that the, that everything collapses. Or, God forbid, when a person sometimes is very sick, or Chaz loses a loved one, then oh, the whole thing collapses, right? Avoidus ha-nefesh, avoidus ha-musr, avoidus achsidus, avoidus, avoidus pnim. That's what the Rebbe was calling for his entire life. That's what all of it is. That's what all this is about. Avoid us pnim, to serve Hashem in a deep way, and to and to try to understand, to try to understand each one of the midas. For instance, now we're going through Sphere Simon, so we go to Tfir, from Tiferes to Nesach to Hoyd, to understand what does Tiferes mean. And we have we can learn. We don't have to be Kabbalists. What is the midah of Tiferes? If a person would just begin, begin to learn the Ramak's Tamer Dvarah, to learn the Tamer Dvarah is translated into English, the Tamer Dvarah from Ramosha Kodavera, where the Ramak goes through each of the 13 Midas, and he shows how each, how, how what we're supposed to do with each one of the 13 Midas, how we can begin to get to the bottom of the problem, right? To learn the Musa Swaram, to learn, to learn the Chassidish Swaram, but not just because they're interesting, not just because they're interesting, because it's something which because something which fascinates me, but uh, but as an avoider, and the difference is between a person who thinks and a person who davens. There are people who are fascinated by svarim, and this fantastic, this is a great idea, isn't this interesting? This is so deep, but they don't daven to acquire that meter that they're reading about. Rabbi Nachman so often spoke about changing your Torah into tefillah. That when you learn something, you have to daven for that thing. When you learn something about a meter. <clears throat> you learn something about a characteristic trait. Kodim called to be honest. So you see that uh, that the old man in this story is not a, is a true thing. They 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 came to the tzaddik. They came to a rebbe. So we're lost because we we don't we don't know what to do anymore. You, you, you see what's interesting in in these days. And if you ask your father, and if we could ask our grandfathers, those that went to tzaddikim, those that were, that, that went to tzaddikim went to rabbis. These were people who their whole lives were dignified religious people, and they didn't hesitate. They would go to the tzaddik and describe their problems. We have nowadays, first of all, we wouldn't know where to go. Aleph, Bayes, you know, we wouldn't know where to go. And Bayes, we're, we're not, we're embarrassed. We're embarrassed. These Jews would go and tell the Rabbi. They would pour their heart out to the Rabbi. They would tell the tzaddik, and the tzaddik would try, the tzaddik would, would, would try to, to find for them a cure. But, but now we're embarrassed, and we don't know who to go to, we don't know what to do. So we have, thank God, we have, we have Rebbe's that are, we have Rebbe's that are, that are, no longer alive. And <clears throat> if one can go to a living tzaddik, Allah has come of a kama. But if one is afraid, that one doesn't know where to go or what to do, and to open one's heart, and to make oneself, to bear one's soul to another person, you know, this is something that's a well-kept secret, you know that the Breslov Hasidim used to be called Viduinikas, the ones who said Vidui, the ones who were confessing. And you know that Rabbi Nachman and if you look at if you look, it's one of the first Torahs in Lakuta Maran, one of the early Torahs in, in Lakuta Maran. That the, the Rabbi Nachman used to insist that the Chassidim come to confess their sins to him. So people say, "What confession?" Why would they think? You know, they think of this guy making the Hail Marys over here. 
confessing? What kind of confession? I, I confessed to Hashem, I don't confess to the tzaddik. Later in life, later in life, it's, he didn't have a long life, Nabuchar bin Achim, but he was 38 when he was nifted. But later in life, Rabbi Nachman stopped talking about that. And it's not clear why. <clears throat> there was a strong Yisnagdist to Rabbi Nachman in general, as it's known. And he said things that were considered to be very radical, very, very unusual. But if you look and you learn that Torah, Rabbi Nachman speaks about being misvaded to a tzaddik, being misvaded. So, the Rebbe emphasized there, Rabbi Nachman emphasized there, how, how it's so important for a person, it's not the issue of, of the tzaddik knowing. He says, that, he says that half of the cure is you being able to extract the filth from yourself. Getting rid of the filth. The Gemara has an interesting lotion. Chazal say that a person who made vidui, who confessed his sins, and, and then he goes and, 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 he, and he's not doing it anymore. And then he confesses it again and again. He says it's like a dog that, retur- that returns to smell its filth. But the dog just smacked up, and you know, he goes over there to smell. Is he ready? Got, so, so Rav Hutner explained that vidui, what does vidui mean? What, why does Hashem want us to say, why does the want to say this chet, that chet, to, and to specify the affairs? Because, he says, over the course of the year, that filth becomes internalized within you, till you don't even know that it's there. And the process of vidui is a way of extracting the filth and saying, here it is. Hashem knows you what you have going on. You don't know. Therefore, that, therefore, it's like the dog that, get rid of it, get, that gets rid of its filth. That's a person who says vidui, getting rid of the filth. So, when one is when one when one is at least a person who who is misvada, and if you look at the the nusach the nusach of kriyashma alamit, to try once or twice a week, maybe you do this every night. But I'm just saying, the nusach of the kriyashma of the Ariya Kaddish, not on Shabbos Yontov we don't say vidui. Obviously, Friday night you don't say. It. But if you look at the nusach of kriyashma of the Ariya Kaddish, you look at any. In any, uh, if you look in a Svadish Siddur or a Chabad Siddur, Tils Hashem, the Nusach of the Ari or the Kriyashma, to say Vidui at night, before you go to sleep, and to to think about it. That when you go to sleep, there should be some honest soul searching and, and extracting the filth, even though it's painful. So maybe once in a while it would suffice for people like ourselves. It's an Avaidis Pnim. It's an internal work. And that's what the Rebbe's calling for. To heal the soul, to find the refuah, but we have to be honest about the sickness. And if we can't discuss it with other people, even though he does talk about that, and at, uh, at the end of this Torah, he discusses how he discusses how, how important, and that's why he says you always saw about the chassidim that that each one would have a close yidid, a close friend. That even if you're embarrassed to go to the rabbi, you could talk to the yidid, you could talk to the friend about this inyan, and that the yidid will give you chizuk and talk to you, and the two of you could work out your problems. But nowadays, yididim tayva means you know, talking about the latest stock prices and uh, and you know how the Yankees doing and how the Mets doing and this this kind of conversation. But real Yadidim talk about the about how to cure this the sickness. We should be Zakh Mr. Sham Lumadalamid Lishma Velasis, all what the Rebbe is saying.